You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, Ready, sisters? Hi, welcome back. Hi, sisters. Hello. I am Scout. I am Maddie. And we are the sisters behind OKSIS podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just have to say I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. We got home super late last night. Yeah, Scout got a little tipsy. Yes, I did. <laughs> what time did we get home? At like I was 11? your DD. You were my DD. That was mm-hmm. so nice of you. Thanks, Mads. I know. But I didn't get like... I never it didn't pegged hit, myself for a DD. It didn't hit me until like the last 10 minutes of the night. Yeah. Like I was fine all night and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I think I'm a little drunk. Or like a lot of drunk. No, I wouldn't say a lot of drunk. <laughs> you fell into the bushes. Okay, because you parked. I, I fell into the bushes getting out of the car in the first place. You parked then next you, to this jungle. And you lost your shoe. Yeah, because you parked next to a jungle. It was like, I was like foraging through all of these oh, weeds. It was comical. It was entertaining for me, actually. Okay, well, I'm glad I this can entertain you. what I think you. it must feel like to be sober around drunk people. Oh, good. I well, guess entertainment. Yeah. Well, anyways. Anyways. It was a good night. Fabulous. Okay, so speaking of sisters, I would like to um, give an update on the James Charles situation. Okay, yeah. Educate me, please. Uh, Because I've had some time to introspect um, also about myself and how I feel about this situation because it was a classic case of cancel culture as we know it today and how the potency of social media can do more harm than good. In terms of exposing people and uncovering facts. And if you want to learn more about cancel culture, you can Head just go over to our Fix Me Up episode. Yeah, we did a Fix Me Up cancel culture episode of like two episodes ago or something right. like that. So after I explained the brief facts of the case on our last episode, James Charles posted a follow-up video that fully explained 
everything he was accused of with receipts and screenshots screenshots of text messages. And I watched this whole video. It was 40 minutes of my life. Oh my God. Um, but you know what? I, I'm, submitted to I'm really glad that I did watch it because he was so brave and incredibly articulate in defending himself. And it made me realize how twisted our society is to go straight towards this cutthroat cancel cold turkey mentality when given only one side of the story. So you're and a fan. minimal facts. What? So you're a fan of his. Right. So it's kind of awkward now because I we try to reclaim sisters, but it's like full fully his. I did not know about this. Yeah. We're I think we're different demographics. I think it's a different audience, but um regardless. Regardless as a society, we made a mockery of this 19-year-old man. Yeah, but wasn't he, like, and acting up? His mental health was in jeopardy, and we we all added to the, you know, diminishing of I it. I didn't add to shit. Yeah, you just listened. You passively listened, which is probably what I should have done. Anyway, so, for example, I would like to give you an example. I'm not going to, you know, summarize the entire video. I encourage you all to watch it if you want to know both sides of the story. Essentially, there's one example where in the heat of things, when everything was coming out, Zara Larson, she's this um, singer, she tweeted saying that James Charles slid into her boyfriend's DMs multiple times. And then news outlets made it this conflated story that how James Charles was harassing straight men. Like he, they were like, oh, look at him. He's like trying to make straight men gay and like pressuring them and all this shit. When and then she deleted the tweet because it got so massive and tweeted again, apologizing, saying that, oh, actually, it was only one DM. And he showed it on the video. And the DM was just, you're, you're dot, 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 really hot. Like, he just, like, found this guy and thought he was hot and DM'd him that. Okay. And in his video, he explained, like, obviously, he didn't know she, he had a girlfriend at the time. And he didn't know that he was straight. Like, he just thought this was a hot guy on Instagram. Let me just slide in. Maybe he's gay and like then we can flirt or whatever, which is just like kind which of a normal harmless. thing, which is harmless, which people do all which the people, fucking okay. time. And so the best part about this is he posts a tweet that Zara Larson got this boyfriend by tweeting a shirtless photo of him with the caption. Who are you? Where are you? Where do you live? How old are you? Why are you so fine? How do you like your eggs cooked in the morning? So there's definitely a double standard. Oh, that is like a major red flag, right? Like I thought this was so brilliant of him to to bring up and um it was a great point in his defense like why as a gay man can i not slide into a man's dm why can i why do i have to consider that or um yeah and think that he's straight like why can't i slide into his dms and we can have a flirtation i hear you i hear you right like i thought that was such a killer point um and yeah like women posting about it it makes it okay yeah you know i don't know it was really in- i thought that was very that's um, a very intriguing point very there's definitely mature. a double standard there completely and he went and um he did talk about there is a um not phenomenon but there's a through line in, in gay culture where gay men don't like seek out straight men or but they like all men like they or to do men, you know? Yeah. So it's like, there is this weird stigma. It's like, oh, you're trying to date straight men. He's like, no, I'm just like men. So I'm just yeah. like welcoming all, you know what I mean? No, I and he you. explained it really, really well. So I don't know. I just, I, I watched this and I, I was really disappointed in myself and how I 
jump to conclusions. Jump to conclusions. And I think the next time a cancel culture moment happens and you'd like to contribute to the narrative and you want to, you know, talk about it and, and discuss it, I think we should all consume videos from and anecdotes uh, from the sources themselves first, from both sides, um, before crafting your own opinion. Okay. Right? I hear you. I'm here for it. Also, what? I would like to read this post that past OKSIS guest, Pia Arobio, put on her Instagram because I believe it sums up society's um, recent approach to cancel culture. Okay. So she posted a, f- a photo of like a news line, a news story, like headline, sorry, of uh, Tati Westbrook and James Charles. And it was like, cancel culture. These people are canceled. It was like super aggressive. And she wrote, I don't know what happened or followed the beauty world that much, but I'm obviously very aware of its power and I'm endlessly in awe of those who are breaking boundaries and creating new industries. But every news app on my phone has been filled with these headlines. I am horrified, disgusted, and fearful that any news outlet would participate in today's cancel culture, in quotes. We plead for equality, equal rights, to be seen, to be understood, to end bullying, and we normalize this shit. You cannot cancel a human being. Where did our morality go? What happened to context, understanding, privacy, forgiveness, or just straight up minding your own business? This is why people kill themselves. The, the anxiousness, the obsessiveness, and the bullying that goes along with these situations is unbearable. I've been on the receiving end of, the, of internet hate like this, and I'm telling you now, had my mom not just had her husband died and die and if i wasn't just married i wouldn't have been inclined to stay on this earth if inciting a riot in public is illegal it should be the same online since most people now live most their most their lives digitally normalizing these hate terms is foul this is the shit kids say to each other now on the playground again i don't know these people or what happened because i don't want to it's not my business what i do know is seeing the world canceled next to a human being's name is wrong especially when it's used for clicks please leave any opinions about both these people out of the comments as i'm sure they are both good people hate doesn't go away with more hate okay but i also have to say that in a certain sense there is a positive side to cancel culture of in course, which that, about that in which it's that exposing. It, un- it exposes people that are have truly hurt individuals like r kelly and michael jackson who have really uh misused their power mm-hmm. and have controlled and subjected other human beings to disgusting acts. Um, right, but so who are we as a society to not let people make mistakes in the public eye? And I'm not talking about R. Kelly's and those. That is like... For that the is, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, of that's the like illegal. Like, this is such bullshit, and it got so out of hand. This poor kid, like... Could you have know, lost his whole career. It's just ridiculous. Like, this, this type of situation... We really can't wait for him to defend himself. We really have to just be like, oh, all right, he's done. No, like no one can make a mistake ever, and and you can't defend yourself. Like we won't wait for you. So let me ask you: Do you think Tony Robbins should be canceled? Well, I haven't read the full BuzzFeed article. I'm only, I'm, I'm only halfway through it, so maybe we should talk about it after. Let's we've talk met about the it. Yes, exactly. Article. That that's what made me be like, I don't want to talk about anything until you do the I research. Have full knowledge of what is happening on both sides yeah now i hear you yeah so uh, that's rough james charles was also at kylie skin um launch party oh cool <laughs> yeah and he posted something say sisters and, and someone commented saying but she unfollowed you lol and then he commented back saying she never followed me in the first place stop stop like uh oh that's good like uh believing everything you read on the internet it was like so good 
I'm so tired right now. Yeah, you seem a little glaze, glazy I, eyes. I am like exhausted, dude. Glazy eyes. I know. So you know what? My heart goes out to James Charles. He's a kid. Are He's you gonna, gonna bounce back. Him? Um, maybe you should n- follow oh. him. Maybe we should follow him. Give him back that. Uh, try to get him back him, to the yeah. three million followers. Yeah, that he lost. starts with two. Starts with two. Okay. Okay. In 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 um An the apology. spirit of sisterhood, yes. we like to inc- yes yes we like to encourage all of the sisters on the OK Sis podcast who listen right now go and follow James Charles because he is a sister I guess as well we should get him on the pod joy even though forces. We don't, we don't. he was the first cover girl first male cover girl I know he could be the first male OK Sis podcast guest Bill Hader is going to be our first who's going to be our first male guest I know because it's going to happen it's going to happen but it has to be someone like so special it has to be someone it has very to be like specific. Noah Centineo because we talk about him we haven't said that name in a while. I know. He's kind of in the shadows. And he'll come. He's he'll coming. come back. He's coming back. Um, Bill Hader for sure would be a top top get. I think that you would just be a I'd be blubbering crying. fool. I'd have to take Xanax before for sure. <laughs> Remember when you and I took three Trazodones on the plane and didn't sleep? And didn't sleep and then, like, one bit. And like... Our stepdad was really scared that I was going to have a heart attack. No, I was scared. Oh. I kept checking on you to make sure you were breathing. Oh, my God. If I just, like, stopped breathing. Oh, my God. I would have, like, <laughs> killed myself. Um, No, but Bill Hader, who else? Who would, who would be your who would be your get, your biggest, like, male guest that you would want? Um, Like, if Javier Bardem wanted to come on, I'd be like, down. What? I'm obsessed he with Hobbs. That's my celebrity crush. Oh, oh my okay. God. We were just talking about this. Vicky and I was like, Barcelona. I can never figure out my celebrity crush. And that's who it is. It's Javier Bardem. You know what? My celebrity crush is Javier Bardem with Penelope Cruz. I was like, them together. Yeah, them together. You just want like, to take, take over the Scarlett Johansson character. And Bar- yes, Vicky can Bar- I have a Christina threesome Barcelona. with Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an ideal situation for ideal. sure. Ideal. Yeah, she kind of fucked that up. Yeah, she really did because yeah. that was the That best. movie is so funny. It portrays American tourists in the most annoying light. And Barcelona is nothing like that. Nothing. Barcelona sucks. Gaudi. Ew, I hate Gaudi so much. Yeah, I the only think, thing I, I like about the only thing that. I like about Barcelona is the sangria. Uh, sure, There's but I just I feel like you can make that here. Yeah, but it's really good there. Yeah. Um. Really, there's no one else that we've we talk about all the time. I'm like trying now. I'm like in it. Oh well, know. one day. One day we'll have a man. One day it'll be a very special. Oh man. my god, what if it's James Charles? That would be that would be an epic collab. It would be because we're the sisters. We're like. The more I bet you, if we reach millennial, out to him now, he'll say yes because <laughs> the brand deals aren't coming. Yeah, <laughs> we. Oh my god, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we're gonna, guys, we're gonna get you put, put, put good thoughts into the world. Everyone, everyone, please like DM him and harass him and be like, we love you, we support you. Get on, tell your truth on, even though you already told his truth in a forty minute video, but tell your truth on like our podcast. Also, he'll get a new audience for sure. Like, he's a very much a Gen Z. We are like, like so fascinated by Gen Z. Okay, yeah, we need to find a Gen Zer to get on this podcast because we need to know we the trends. We need to know we the need trends. To, we need to know the like TikTok trends. 
Oh, yeah, there's that TikTok thing. Yeah, fuck that shit. We tried to get on that. It didn't work out for us. I really wanted to become, like, a TikTok star and, like, grow. Like, kind of how, like, people are Vine stars. Yeah. Remember how Vine stars was, like, a huge thing? We didn't even make one video, though. Huh? We just just signed up. (laughs) We didn't even post one thing. I know, because it's kind of like Dub Smash. I don't know why people... I I never got into Dub Smash. Me neither. Yeah. No, but there's, like, TikTok thoughts. Like, they're, they're, like... There's little Gen Zers on that thing. Gen Zers. Apparently Snapchat is back. What? I know. I'm not into it. Yeah, Snapchat's dead. I think it's dead for us. I think Gen Zers use it like to, I think it's, I think it's like gone full circle. It's now back to the part where you're you're like sending nudes and stuff. Oh, interesting. And it's like just one-on-one, like you don't do stories. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's what I heard on one, on, by a Gen Zer. Oh, and whatever Gen Zer says is true. It's true. They speak for all of they them. They speak for all of them. I am mystified. I would really like to dive deep into the Gen Z. Uh, yeah, because like we grew up with social media, but they really grew up with no, social no, no. media. We, didn't, we grew up still with AIM and yeah. no smartphones. You know that you got, that people get smartphones in like second grade now? Yeah. Like that's wild. Yeah, I remember my first cell phone. Oh, my God. Flip it was phone. like a Nokia. No, it wasn't a flip phone. It was, was just like this big, chunky thing. I'm but MySpace was around when I was in ninth grade. Yeah. No, I got MySpace um, seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't grow up in the world of, like, Instagram. No. No, 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 I no. remember the first time I found out about Instagram. Me too. It was... Um, an iPhone only app. Yes. And I had I just gotten an iPhone and my friend was so jealous because I could download Instagram and she couldn't. That it, exactly the same thing happened to me. I, d- I got an iPhone. My friend was like, there's this app that everyone, you can only do it on iPhone. It's so fun. You do all these cool filters. Remember those like un- crazy, Disgusting. crazy filters oh, where terrible. it looked like an old filter. <laughs> yeah. Oh my phone. God. They were terrible. God. Oh my God! How it has uh, e- erupted. Erupted and okay. Do you want to do the word of the week? Oh yeah. Can't yeah. forget about the word of the week, sister. Sister. I am like borderline delirious, guys. Yeah. So today, um, I would like to, um, do a word of the week from Urban Dictionary because I thought that we need some like levity. Is that the word? Levity? I don't know. Okay. Um, some, some, uh, spirit in our, in our word of the week. Now I'm, oh wait, now I'm deciding for, <laughs> oh, this is a great one. Okay. Go for it. This is going to be a debate. The word of the week is milk in first. What it means is pouring milk in your cup before the coffee. Ooh. Cereal killer or not? Cereal killer. Yeah. For sure. For sure. You don't know how much you need. Psychopath. Psycho. Okay, great. So milk in first. Yeah. Listen to the sentence. He's a milk in first sort of person. I wouldn't trust him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but then. What about cereal? No milk in last. Yeah, but then there's like my comment, which is like no milk. Because oh, yeah. I drink you can't black. Participate in this. I cannot put milk into my coffee. I can't put anything into my coffee. I just want my coffee to be my fucking coffee. Dear God, you're a little anal, but that's okay. Do you want to know how I stopped drinking milk in my coffee? I you've told this story maybe five thousand times. Okay, fine. Yeah, we're gonna God spare the listeners <laughs> uh, the fifteenth <15th laughs> time that you've said this. 
Ay, vey. Um, okay. Let's talk about Great. our guests. Oh, yes. So today, ladies and gentlemen, sisters of all sisters, we have Miss Deanna Esper. Oh, my God. She's amazing. So she is probably more wild than us. Oh, my God. She's incredible. So for those that don't know, I run my own podcasting agency called Scouts Agency. And Diana, Deanna is one of my clients. Yes. And it's been such a pleasure working with her over the past three months. And we, our vibes just like totally mesh. We have so many things in common. And we were like, we have to get on each other's podcasts. So we it did happened. We a little pod swap. We you know, a that's the thing po- we do now. It's the lingo. Oh, geez. Pod swap. Pod swap. So we did a pod swap <laughs> with her. We were just recorded back-to-back episodes. Mm. Um, they're all coming out around the same time, which is super exciting. She is just like... Her energy her is energy, so next level. Her mindset, her lifestyle, like she's no bullshit, no fr- like she's so open and honest and yeah. vulnerable. Like she will say anything that's on her mind, and I think that's what kind of differentiates her from everyone around us. She's yeah, she's incredible. straight to the point, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's, she's amazing. Not afraid to say. We had such a good time. We literally laughed so much. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a good one. So enjoy, sisters. Enjoy. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. 
I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Diana Esper is a host and producer for Hollywire and the host of You Can't Sit With Me podcast. You might have seen her on Hollywire, KTLA, Celeb Secrets, Red Carpet Reports, and Taste Made, to name a few. She has made her reputation as a controversial host of The Red Carpet, which has led her to create her own show, You Can't Sit With Me podcast. You Can't Sit With Me is your entertainment quick fix about an outsider in Hollywood. Her attempts at living her best life in a fame-obsessed world, from her reality TV obsession, which we'll get into, Netflix binging, to best lifestyle hacks, welcome to the most unconventional pop culture commentary yet. Diana's Rolodex of guests have budded from red carpet relationships and through genuine word-of-mouth interest in sharing their stories. Celebrities have even requested to be on the show as they can't help but remember her as the funny English babe with a spunky, witty interview style. So without further ado, Diana. Hello! And we're having tea because you're English. Yes! You're spilling the tea and having the tea. Oh Oh my God, I love that. 100%. Always, always. And she's Jewish. And she's Jewish. I'm part of the Jew crew. You are hitting every box. I love it. Would you introduce me to your parents? Yes. Oh, you're coming for Shabbat. Oh my gosh, 100%. You know that our stepdad is English, so we have... No. Yeah, we have way. like yeah. Did English, I not tell you that? Like we English have so English. many things in common. I know it's, it's crazy. I'm so excited to get into He's it. He's from where is he from? Nottinghamshire. Nottinghamshire. Nottingham. I went to school in Nottingham. You really? Did. Yeah. We go there usually for Christmas. Like we go to Sherwood for what is it called? Center Park. Center Park. Y- you know what? It's grim out there, but I will say it's very fun. Oh, it's so great during Christmas. It's like an actual. My dog Christmas. is licking your feet. I'm very sorry. Okay, so um, Luna's obsessed with me. Yeah, I Luna love her so much. Is yeah, a fluffy. I I love you she's so much. She's a marshmallow. Luna. She's such she's a marshmallow. marshmallow. Yeah, she's so adorable. I also have a Pomeranian, and they need to meet and be best friends. Like us, they'll have so much in common. I know, yeah. right? Hundred. One's an English dog. One's a Jewish dog. Well, both are Jewish dogs. Both are Jewish, Jewish dogs. Yeah. There we go. There we go. That's the best way to raise them. You know. I Wait, know. is your dog's name Bentley? No, Lola. Oh, sh- Bentley is my dad's dog's name. I I I don't know yeah. why. Did I? Maybe you saw something. No, my I think I'm a psychic. <laughs> A hidden talent. No, a a few people have told me, actually. Me too. No, but I I don't believe in that shit. But can I just say, it's happened to me a few times where, like, for example, one time someone called me and they were like, hey, and I was like, 
you're here and that person was surprising me and they were like how the fuck did you know like wow. sometimes no but i but i don't believe in that stuff but it's happened to me where i've had moments, moments. that's very interesting I, know. I believe in that stuff like tenfold so really oh yeah, yeah. scout's like a spiritual guru oh, oh i really? thought you were gonna call me a spiritual whore for a second you could be a spiritual that was a better word probably yeah. For yeah. yeah yeah that's the word i would use yeah that's exactly. what i thought was gonna come out of your mouth <laughs> All right. Current fixations. Okay, I'm going to start. Okay. So, uh, I'm obsessed with my Mara retinol. It is. It's my first retinol, like, situation. And I've been meaning to add it to my skincare routine for ever since Mads got me hooked on skincare. So, um, honestly, like, you told me to just do it once a week. Mm -hmm. But it's really, like, what does it have? It has algae oil in it. So, it's really hydrating. It has primrose oil. Yes. So, the best part about this oil is that, um, you know, usually retinol is super drying for your skin. And it's so hard to find a good moisturizer to put after it to kind of, like, replenish it and make sure it doesn't, like, peel. This doesn't have that. It just is like twofold it gives you the retinol gets that collagen reproduction but then it also hydrates you it's out of control yeah so i'm gonna start doing it twice a week now and see how that goes oh so you were just doing it once i was just doing it yeah once a week. You want, when you do retinol you need to introduce it a little yeah so now i'm gonna do yeah. twice a week although i'm a little bit afraid because whenever i get my eyebrows done they make me sign a waiver that says i like that i haven't used retinol so i don't know what to do about that oh. what do you do to your brows when you get them done henna no i get them waxed oh henna. oh you get get them threaded I can't do the threading. I did that once in Israel, actually. Oh, my gosh. Hilarious. And it was a terrible experience. Well, because there they have, like, a very tacky style, and they probably gave you eyebrows from the 20s. Yeah, it hurt, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you get your eyebrows threaded? Yeah, I get mine threaded. You have really good eyebrows. Thanks. So, so um, yeah, there's some really good places. Okay. But... um, I, I, there's some really good place in San Diego as well. Yeah, maybe I should try it. That. Try it. Give it a try. Okay. Because you can. Because no, it's agree. just like threading. There's no product, nothing. So it's just good for you. Yeah. No, I'm scarred. The last time I got my eyebrows done, and she went a little. She. Oh well. First of all, she went like way too low. It was like on my eyelid, and I was like, "Girl, you, like, get your what shit the together. fuck is going on?" And I had scars. I had burned scars. Well, and the girl asked me, are you taking retinol? I'm like, yeah, but I've been taking retinol for years. And I come to you guys. And she was just like, you should never take retinol when you're waxing. I take like, the blame, oh you stupid idiot. Yeah, and I was so, like, are you serious? I have a plot twist for you. I don't know how graphic this episode can get. You can it can get, get, get Oh, great. Graphic. Because that's, you, you know, mine is like, whatever. Yeah. But um, so one time I got my bikini wax because I get mm. bikini waxes because, you know, I like being clean and yes. whatever even though I don't sleep around. Um, and the, the person waxed my bum hole. My, my, oh my, my bum hole. I couldn't poop for two weeks. It was so <laughs> painful. Okay, wait, so I had wait, this hold on, situation. Hold on, wait, hold on, hold on. So it wasn't a Brazilian. Because I get... It was I, a Brazilian, but they waxed me in the hole. I've had that I feel before. like that's supposed to happen. They There's no hair. Hole. It just took off my skin. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, why the fuck would you do that? My skin does not need exfoliation when it's <laughs> inside a hole. I don't understand. Oh my god, that's I amazing. couldn't poop for two weeks. I was like, is this trying is this you trying to make me gain weight? Oh was the was the wax like too hot for you or something? No, it just waxed my inside, inside yeah. okay. and it took a layer of skin and it's like sensitive in of there course. because it's like inside, it's not out exposed yeah, 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 to the yeah. universe. <laughs> It was dreadful. Oh and it was God. here in LA. And it really bugs me. But then I'm not going to like blast them on the podcast because I still go there. I just <laughs> don't go to that person anymore. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. But so, you know what? Like, take the fucking blame. Yeah. Yeah. Not, you not should cute. know better. You should know better. Right. What were you about to say, Scout? 
Oh, I was just going to say that I found myself in a compromising situation where I was working like 80 hour weeks and I had a night off and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a Brazilian wax. Like, why the fuck would I torture myself with my time off? And I'm sitting in doggy style and this lady is waxing my butt. And I'm just like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> like, this is my one night off and I'm in doggy style with a woman going to town on my butt. This is like not, not nice. okay. So I get lasered. Ooh, down there? Oh, yeah. Does it work? Oh, yeah, baby. I really need to it get laser. Like, n- and believe me, I was waxing for years, and I had traumatic experience. I would just, cr- I would cry every single time, yeah. freak out and scream. I had to, like, take shots of tequila before, <laughs> and I was like, no more. I'm doing laser. It hurts just as equally, but it, it like, doesn't it grow back. It gets rid of the head, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it is, I would recommend One it. time, I and I actually had a boyfriend at this time, it was in London. The woman was so rough on me when she was waxing me Oof. that she waxed one side of my vagina and then I left with the other side unwaxed. Wait, I've done I could, that before. I, could, I couldn't handle it. I was like, I'm going to need done. to come back next week. I've done that before. I've walked out like 75% done. Then like, yeah, yeah this is like, it. No, the best, or not the best, the worst is that they go back in with a tweezer <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, no. I wish I know to tweezers. I'm like, Wait, did what? you think no? No. Why yeah, no. Oh I God. had a situation, this might be TMI. No, it's but not. I she took two and a half hours to give me a Brazilian because she was a new waxer and she was terrible. So I started sweating. <laughs> I started sweating because I was like, This is so painful and I'm sweating and I'm just making me nervous. And then the wax was sticking to my skin because I was sweating. Oh my God. God, and then I got a rash the next day. I was like, this is literally the worst experience of my entire life. <laughs> Wait, I have another waxing story. <laughs> <laughs> this is, we, I, every girl has like five of these dramatic oh, stories. No, sure. This is so bad. So one time I tried, and I will never again because there's no point. I have no hair on my arms. Oh, my But God. I just tried to wax my arms. And it was so weird what happened. She did it with the strips, and she took a strip off, and the wax stayed on my arm, but the strip went off, came off. So then she proceeded on to putting another strip with another layer of wax on top of this and pulled it pulled it off and basically took, I don't know how many layers of my skin off, and for six months, I, that little... Um, patch was patch. No, it was like an old lady, like a really <laughs> oh like skin. Oh my god, that is terrible. It's, it was terrifying. I was oh. like, "Is my skin ever going to come back oh, young, or am I just like permanently aged on that one oh, that little spot?" Oh my god, some they, some people just don't know what they're doing. No, but that shit can really mess up your skin yeah. for good. Yeah, yeah, I can. Invest, invest, invest in yourself. Invest yeah, yeah. in your waxing. Yeah, yeah but yeah. so retinol, I've never actually. Um, used it oh, or it's super anti-aging from what yeah, I hear it's really? one of the most like preventative from wrinkles you could do for anti-aging so yeah. how do you how do you use it in your skincare so we just um interviewed the founder of this uh product called Mara mm-hmm. and it's an oil it's a retinol in oil form and so we just you wash your face and then you just put it and that's the only step you need to do oh I put moisturizer on you after you should not be doing that whoops yeah <laughs> <laughs> see how much I know. No, but um, you like before, like I would have a retinol serum, and so I put that as like the serum, and then the moisturizer uh, yeah. after. But yeah. so I I tried this serum that I finished, and I wasn't um, I was 
underwhelmed by it. Really? It was Boisance, I think it's called. And it was like, it was faux retinol. So it had all the effects of retinol, but it wasn't retinol. So you're not like sensitive to sun. Mm. It didn't do anything to my skin. Don't try it. And it was really expensive. It was like $90 for this little bottle. And it's like, that's the problem with skincare is like you have to put down so much well money. it depends on the brand of course but it's also just the tr- like the it's trial, trial and error, error yeah. that you need like to how do you read know? blogs i just read blogs all the time yeah yeah, yeah i just make true. maddie re- do all my research for me yeah <laughs> well you know don't put moisturizer after your retinol yeah now i know yeah now i know <laughs> well with this one with the oil yeah. okay i won't do moisturizer okay, after. there you go okay, okay what's yours Okay, guys. Does have it have to be a skin oh, obsession? Yeah. No. No, no, no. Oh, great. No. It can be whatever <laughs> it you can want. Be, but okay. we no do worries. a lot of skin on this podcast. Okay. Have you guys seen the movie on Netflix called Someone Great? No. I didn't see I I've heard of it and I should know because I'm a Net, Netflix expert, but no. Everyone like cancel your plans and go watch it right now. Like okay. it is incredible. So I'm going to read. It is written and directed by Jennifer Caton Robinson, who is just a rad young like unreal human being i've listened to like several podcasts with her now but it stars uh, gina rodriguez Brittany snow and dewanda weiss oh i've heard of this one so the premise is that like after a breakup gina rodriguez's character rallies up her girlfriends for like a final night out before she moves to san francisco for a new job and oh i've seen the beginning of that movie yeah and although like the premise sounds kind of like uninspiring and like you've seen this and cheesy it is not. It is the complete opposite. It looked cheesy there, from the trailer. There is this apparent like female leadership quality about it. The whole cast is the most diverse you've ever seen. And it makes it so it's the opposite of cheesy. And she has breathed life into the rom-com genre. Oh, my God. Well, I feel I'm like obsessed. all the new shows and series now that you see, even if they're not reality shows, yeah. they've become so raw now. Yeah. There isn't that cliche anymore of like, no. you know, nerdy girl, cute guy, gets the hot girl, but then she gets the hot guy because or she's th- actually a really beautiful girl. Right. They put glasses on <laughs> yeah. and then she's actually a super fucking model. Yes, like they don't do the that worst. stuff anymore. They don't do it anymore. But even if there are stereotypes, they, they plug in different dimensions diversities that we've never seen so it's like oh my god yes this is what real life I'm looks watch like this. oh you have to yeah. rom com is having a fucking resurgence and i'm here for it you I, it's having a, a rom com i love rom com she eats up nancy myers like oh yeah if you tell me you like the the notebook it's well, not a comedy but i i can't be friends with you yeah the notebook that's too far that's not a rom com that's just a a rom. That's a rom. It's yeah, a rom. That's a rom. Like a, a rom drum. It's a rom drum. It's so annoying. No, that's too much. I'm over movies where people are in love and they're crying. Why the fuck are yeah. you crying? If I had that kind of love, I'd be fucking happy. Yeah, yeah that's a it very bugs good point. me. True. It shouldn't be painful. Yeah. yeah. It shouldn't be that. Oh my gosh, he's poor. I'm rich. Boo hoo. Yeah. No, I don't. I have like I have like no opinion on the Notebook. Like I watched it. It was good. Uh, yeah, but I like I wasn't like. A diehard Notebook fan. It didn't like pull on the right heartstrings for right. me. Right. Yeah. No. I. I could. I would. I would. Right. Like. I have like no opinion on it. Yeah. I'm kind of lukewarm about the whole thing. Yeah. I like lukewarm. That's a nice expression. Lukewarm. There we go. Lukewarm. I'm gonna use it. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. Diana, okay. What's your time. current fixation? So I was gonna say. Okay. I. I also had a Netflix thing that I wanted to share. That is Ooh. my current obsession. That I've watched. It's a series that I've watched twice in a row now. Can I guess it? Yeah. Is it new? Yeah. Dead to me? No. Damn it. No. So it's <laughs> not. It, that's. So I wanted to bring something to your attention that is not the obvious. Oh, okay. And I've spoken about it on my podcast, but no one paid attention to it. So I feel like this may be a better platform for it. Um, 
<laughs> so it's called. Qu- <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. I don't try to be. <laughs> it's called Quicksand on Netflix. Okay. Okay. So nobody knows about it because, and nobody's probably watched it also because it's a Swedish show. Ooh. So it's actually in Swedish, but they've dubbed it. They voice dubbed it, but with Swedish actors that have a very strong accent. Interesting. So it's not like accurate dubbing with like American voice actors. It's yeah. with Swedish voice actors in English. But don't, no, don't get bothered by that. Okay. Don't get, no. It is the best show, but, but it's very dramatic and it's okay. very sad and dark. But I like a dark show and it's really, really meaningful. And also probably why no one clicked on it the actors they don't have botox they don't get their eyebrows threaded oh you were talking about this they don't have veneers um they have you know fucked up teeth they're fucked up skin they're actually normal people with (laughs) normal facial expressions when they cry it's not like a kim kardashian like fake cry it's like a real i have wrinkles all over my face cry even Mm. though i'm 19 because you know what when you're 19 your face still moves Mm. um and i i I don't know. I don't want to spoil it, but it is 13 reasons why adjacent, but just so much better because I feel like 13 reasons why I still tried to romanticize the, you know, suicide too much with, you know, the tapes and things. And I wasn't offended by that, but this is just like the real, the raw, like, Anyone can relate to a character from this, and the end is just so fu- like I couldn't stop watching, and I had to go watch it twice. The whole series, wow. it's so good. No, and then I had a couple of listeners that DM me and said, "Oh my gosh, I paid no attention to this show, and I watched it now, and everyone was like obsessed with it." Okay, I need a new show, so this is perfect. It's amazing. Okay, Game I'm, of Thrones a, I'm in the middle, in. not in the middle, and still in the beginning. You're in the very of Game of Thrones. I'm trying to. Oh yeah get my way through there i'm on season two episode maybe six it's seven. so confusing in the beginning actually Completely. i'm not that confused oh really oh, wow i, I didn't know what one. the fuck was going on till I'm, the end of season two I'm that's not that when confused. i first that's when i started Same. to get it oh no i'm not confused so you know what it's it's one of my favorite shows is it did you watch the finale no i didn't watch the whole season because i like to binge on a show so I'm just okay. not reading social media about it. Whenever I see something GOT, I'm like, fuck you. And then I'm going to binge that whole thing with yeah. my dog at home on a Sunday. When You know when you get like really bad Sunday scaries yes. and you're depressed and you're hungover? Mm-hmm. That's going to be the moment that I'm going to watch Game of Thrones. Because I feel like when you wait for every episode each week, you don't necessarily want to be watching that episode when it comes out. I just want to dedicate a whole day where I can just enjoy it. And it's only six episodes, right? Yeah, it'll be quick. Oh, really? Yeah, it's only yeah. six episodes for I the last know. season. That, what a letdown. It's really short. Yeah, I don't know why they, they would rushed I, it. I, 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 I feel so like the last it. season was rushed anyway. Oh, the previous season. You, oh, if you thought that season was rushed. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe prepared. I won't watch it at all. I don't want to be disappointed. Um, no, it, apparently HBO went to the writers and they said, we, we, we can give you three more seasons of ten episodes each. And they said no because they got offered Star Wars. Wait, who? Who is this? The writers. Oh, the writers. Like the showrunner and like the writers. Yeah. But Star Wars is uh, not better than Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, I know. And they I fucking mean, wrapped up Game of Thrones the way they did with six episodes and oh, rushed they, it they all. Just wanted to Nobody get the fuck cares out of about there. Star Wars anymore. No I mean, no, cares. it has a cult fan base. I would, yeah, but I would say Game of Thrones. Like, yeah, Game of Thrones is everyone. It's the zeitgeist. You need to fucking what? Like I Star know. Wars was much better in when it the first round. Like what? 
Why can't they just do both? I don't know. Yeah, that's I mean, I stupid. guess like writing for Game of Thrones is probably a full time oh. job. Oh, it's yeah. m- that and more. That and more. Yeah. I mean, it took but like fucking s- two years to do six episodes. Like No, because every episode is produced like a very like a movie. Like a movie. It's oh, an hour and a half each. Bang. Money. Money. So from the beginning it. though. Could you imagine millions. being the costume designer? Oh, millions. When I like just look at these characters, I just think about what goes into each every one. Every episode is a movie. Yeah. A movie. It's There's a complete movie. Yeah. And then I'm like, I okay, so I'm like trying I've been a little bit confused about this lately. Like Netflix and Hulu and HBO, you pay like 10 bucks a month. How are they making money? So they aren't profitable. Netflix isn't. Is HBO profitable? I'm, I think so because they're like a cape. They're on cable too. Because I don't know. I just like I don't really, I, know it how, me. I, I don't understand how this adds up. Well, so Netflix is a company that makes a lot of money. But how? Um, so obviously they have all the subscriptions every month, but I think they make other money with like advertisers. I I don't know what it is. I uh, honestly, I don't know the the specifics of everything, but for example, a pilot, a pilot for Netflix or a season one on Netflix makes zero money. Mm -hmm. But then when they go and buy a season two or season three, they pay them really well. Yeah. Because they're, they're considered, I'm like terrible. They're one of the highest paying. The industry logo, but it's like, they are, but it's like, I think they're the, not, not the studio, but, or the production company. They're one of those. And then they partner up with like, Paramount or something. I don't know right? how they make money. There's a lot know. of independent shows that make it onto Netflix and movies too. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Yeah. Oh, it's perplexing. The uh, financial. <laughs> I don't care. It makes my Sundays. That, that no, I'm here. Yeah. Just keep doing you. I don't do cable anymore. Do you do cable? I don't have cable at home. Yeah, me either. Which sucks because I'm a reality TV person, so I probably should get it because I want to live tweet and I haven't been able to do that. Oh, yeah. You need cable. I know, but it's like. Um, I hear you. Really, I work from home most days. Do I really want to be stuck in front of my TV at home every day? I live in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should. Maybe I'll be more successful. (laughs) I want to talk about how you got to LA and how you entered into the Hollywood sphere. Tell us your story. It depends. Like, do you want the professional aspect or the personal? Um, Whatever you wish to disclose. Okay. So, I've said this on my new podcast now, thanks to you. (laughs) <laughs> but PS people if you want to advertise your podcast you need to use Scouts Agency um, oh yeah so uh, Diana is one of my clients that's how yeah. we know her I don't give Backstory. a fuck blast it out there I'm one of your clients yeah um, I love working with Scouts she's the best um, how did I begin well this is how it happened so it's, if essentially I was like a songwriter and I was like in the I, I was like a child performer from very young from 12 so I started working at the age of 12 and I did commercial shows um, I had a record deal back in Switzerland I'm not the best singer but I was like a good songwriter and I could like sing well enough to like pull it off whatever did musicals did tv shows L- very very long story because I started very young but you know I used to have like gigs that would you know bring me a lot of money at the time because it wasn't like now where it brings you no money unless you have instagram followers and you could do a fit t ad fail um <laughs> so stupid by the way that's what i was going to talk to you guys on my podcast so if you guys want to have a whole conversation about this stuff oh yeah head over yes. um but <sighs> i ended up being on tv in france as a host also but also as a performer and then i got 
a deal, a record deal here, but it was like a short term contract. So I was in New York. I collaborated with a lot of like, you know, singers and stuff. I don't really like talking too much about my music career because I feel like I'm a completely different person now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's helped me a lot with my career today, but it's kind of irrelevant. And I don't want, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I want to be known for what years ago was this? This was like five, seven, seven, like a, a while ago. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm not a spring chicken. Um, <laughs> I wish I was. Um, and so, basically, when I started in music, I ended up working in the studio with really great producers. I actually worked in the studio with Ariana Grande's producers, as you know, um, the ones who produced like Seven Rings and all these, so, like all of her music, basically. And I wrote a lot. I was writing a lot. I was performing too. And I just gave up. <laughs> One day I was like, fuck this. I'm, I'm not someone who quits. But when I see that something isn't right, even in friendships or relationships, I'm just like, bye. Yeah, but that's and I'm not, tapped that's out. Not quitting. That's no, your, your that's self-awareness. Yeah, you're understanding yeah. that something's not fitting there. Yeah. I'm just, and I'm not someone who's just like... If, if I don't vibe with someone, I'm not someone who's going to try and make them my friend. I'm just like, we don't vibe. And, it, and, that, and that's done. Like, I'm very, like, focused in, like, just being fine. So I essentially quit. And then I was kind of in a transitional period. But I had reconnected with my high school sweetheart in L.A., who I had been um, kind of dating in high school. I fancied him. He fancied me. We kind of missed each other and then ended up dating, but not, but dating again. Whatever. Stupid high school drama. And then we reconnected in LA. We ended up having a super serious relationship while I was on my short-term contract in LA. And then I had to go home. So I went home. We did long distance for almost a year. And, you know, and then he was like, you know... um, if you want this relationship to like be successful, we kind of have to like live in the same continent at least at some point. So um, I was starting to write for entertainment websites like freelance because those websites had interviewed me in the past. So I used those connections to, because I, I knew I wanted to write, but I just felt like the music industry was not an industry where I could really fulfill my, you know, create my creativity and whatever and all the stuff that I wanted to do and all the messages I wanted to communicate because I'm a very communicative person at work social settings the worst but um so I really wanted to write and I obviously I know a lot about entertainment because I worked in that industry from the age of 12 so I started writing a lot of entertainment segments and stuff and then um I moved back to be with him and then I don't want to get into too much of the details and the specifics again but he moved to Texas Right. So it was kind of a very hard transition, whatever. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a job. And then I had, while while we were long distance, I was obviously here for a month in London for a month. I was freelancing. I was working at a recording studio in London. I was doing red carpets here for this outlet that I was essentially writing blog posts for and stuff. I was doing a lot of red carpets and stuff. And when I moved here, I had done so many red carpets that I just ended up finding a job that I really liked at Holly Wire, which I, I'm not there anymore. Uh, obviously, I quit. Um, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said I quit. Um, um, we parted ways. Um, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, uh, last, last year, a bit less than a year ago, um, they got reacquired. It wasn't the right fit, etc. You know, Hollywood bullshit. And... But that's what really kind of made me 
I think the host, I'm, if I can call myself still a host, I guess I am. Um, I still host a lot, quite a bit. But yeah, that that's kind of how it happened. Like I stayed here. When he left, we left on very bad terms. He was kind of like, oh, well, I don't really see it in you hosting. Like you're too shy. Because at the time I was so like, he was so like above me. Like he was in control. He was the one working. And I was kind of in a transitional period that I kind of like, was silenced a little bit so I was like shy and insecure and whatever and then when he left instead of going home I made it my point I made it like my goal to prove not just to him because I didn't care we weren't in contact but to myself that I could do all the things that he said I couldn't do so he was like you wouldn't be able to look after a dog I have a dog um you wouldn't you I don't really see you becoming a host I have some of the biggest reality stars that come on my podcast I'm like essentially a nobody compared to them do you know what I mean and, you know, I t- do my thing. I produce for people. I produce for a lot of digital outlets. And um, I produce also for independent people that are trying to get out there in the digital sphere and stuff. Um, ha- I have a lot of private um, clients, too, that I um, produce content for because of my ability to report and to host. And, you know, sometimes I train them, sometimes etc. And so, yeah, I started off in L.A. with a horrible horrible apartment um I couldn't like yeah it was disgusting like I could hear all my neighbors fucking some people were like the worst it was disgusting and then you know I ended up being able to like live in a nice place do nice things have my nice little dog and yeah that's how I ended up here kind of oh my god so talk to us about the podcast oh my god (laughs) because I love it Oh oh thank you yay um my podcast you can't sit with me so what happened was I started at Hollywood as a producer. So I was writing scripts for like the morning news and stuff because I love writing and that's my main thing essentially. And then um, I was still hosting for other platforms while I was producing this. I was freelance. I'd always been just freelancing everywhere. So like the hustle is something I'm used to. And when I started hosting and more and more and more red carpets, it's just a very mechanical format that is always the same. You have a bunch of media trained people that come in they all give you the same generic answers and also people don't realize this from the outside when they watch your interview but when you're interviewing someone this person has done 15 other interviews that are the same before you with people that want to know the same things and obviously there's things that you can't ask on the red carpet because talent is here with their PR who's like you need to wrap this up and like it's just a very it's controlled it's very controlled it's very kind of like a factory thing and so I was just bored and As I was bored, I locked myself in my house with my little dog and I started watching reality TV, which I thought was just the dumbest thing. Like I was so anti-reality TV. I've always been a bit more of an intellectual. Like I read books and I do art and I'm a nerd. Like leave me alone in my house and I'll find like, I taught myself all these like crazy digital courses. Like I'm so fucking nerdy. But then I was like, yeah, (laughs) but then I just wanted something to wind down down and trust me it was not going to be meditation so (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's amazing yeah never oh my god like no no green juice no meditation no yoga thank you anyway so I started watching these shows they made me feel so much better about myself because the people on them were so trashy and I'm like friends with some of them now and like I don't I still think they're trashy, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but it makes you it, like, that's why we love Batch Nation. It's just a 
it's a guilty it's, it's pleasure a mindless it's like yeah when I go it's home, a meditation it is a complete meditation because <laughs> you're literally just like a zombie and you're just consuming like really nothing and it feels great it feels amazing yeah. it's the only time when my brain is neutral yeah neutral that is actually so do you know what i mean it's like it's like these coloring books they're considered meditation because you're not thinking about anything else and you're just coloring the book to me reality tv is like those stupid coloring books totally i don't want to buy colored pencils they bug me (laughs) but so basically i started watching these shows and i was like well you know what these people have no shame i'm someone who needs more from an interview so i started my podcast and i was like i'm just gonna be I, my goal, because on the red carpet, everyone does the same thing. And my role model was Perez Hilton, because when all the news outlets were like, it has been reported that he drew a penis on people's faces on the photos. And he was like, well, I don't care what's been reported. I think this guy's an asshole. So I was like, I'm going to do the same thing, but in a podcast for my interview segments. And maybe one day people will have me on the red carpet asking whatever the fuck I want. That was kind of my goal. So I started it and obviously I was like, well, I want to be the mean girl of the red carpet because I was already, to be honest, like when I gained more confidence on the red carpet, I was just so like, I was like, oh, fuck that. Like I, I just, and people would accept it, I think maybe because of my accent or because I just... But it's refreshing. I don't I care. People, yeah, I think people want that. They no, don't they, don't, they don't. The, oh, the they audience don't. wants it, but oh, the industry, the industry oh. doesn't want <laughs> okay, it. Okay. So I started, the, I, I, honestly, when I started this podcast, I was just bored in my room. I obviously know a lot about audio from music and music production. So I was like, I'm essentially, I was like, I want to find myself a co-host and call it You Can't Sit With Us. But then I was like, I would feel like such a hypocrite if I did that because LA is such a You Can't Sit With Us mentality. And I was like, and I'm just, I never, um, I never complied to that mentality. Whereas like, I've never changed myself for LA. And like when I meet my friends now, even now I've made friends with like these girls from Vanderpump Rules, they get shit faced. They fuck guys. I like drink a little bit, but I don't get shit faced and I won't fuck anyone. And they, and they like make fun of me for it, but they think it's funny that I just don't want to be like them. So I've never like changed. So I was like, maybe I'll just call it, you can't sit with me because it's like, well, if you, if you don't, if you don't want to sit, if you don't want me to sit with you, I don't want you to sit with me kind of thing. So it's kind of more like the mentality, but also I wanted it to be a TV reference because I knew I wanted it to be like a TV podcast. So I started the show. I didn't really think too much into it at the time. I just had like influencers, a bunch of people. And then I realized, you know, I got very, very little spins for a very long time, but I just kept doing it because it kept me passionate about my work. And I noticed a little bit of a peak in my plays when I had the reality TV people. So then when I met Scout, she was like, you need to like, you need to get more of that stuff in and get on their shows and stuff. So like that can become more your niche, which I've done. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, You've like really helped me like grow the show and stuff. But yeah, that's how it started. Ooh, I love working with Diana. Can I just say that real quick? Thank you. I love working with you. It's a bundle of sunshine. I needed guidance. No, but I really needed guidance, though, because because when you do everything yourself, you have no perspective and you don't know. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like... I didn't really know what I was doing. I was actually going to give up before I, because I was just not inspired anymore. I was just producing at this point. I was like, fuck hosting, fuck all that stuff. 
now I started loving it again because I, fa- I found, found focus. Yeah. yeah. The space you want to enter. And how yeah. cool you had Perez Hilton on your show. Yeah. So ah! he's my... Oh my what? God, it was so good. Oh, I, I had Perez on the show, and he's the reason why I started this podcast in the first place. Holy shit. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Oh, God, what does he even look like now? I I, well, I didn't have him in person. Oh, it, oh, it was oh, over was Skype. Okay, okay. Um, but go on his Instagram. You'll see what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But oh um, he gosh. was great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's changed a lot. I thought I was going to get more of the edgy Perez Hilton. Yeah, he's, I think he's tamed down. He's, he, very much. Very much, yeah. Yeah, yeah but he um, was great. Yeah, so I want to go back to your red carpet days. So tell us kind of what's kind of what was like the most shocking interview or person that you encountered? I think I'm the most shocking part of the red carpet. <laughs> I, yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't don't you, do you that. like, I would get so nervous if I did a red carpet. Do you get nervous? That's, yeah, you know, like confronting the, I don't know. So in the beginning, starstruck? in the beginning, I got a little bit shaky, um, but what I will say is as someone who's extremely like I have social anxiety so I don't like going to a birthday party because I have a very big fear of just like standing there and not knowing what to say to someone and small talk and then I'm like yeah and then you don't know how to like leave this person I and like I, I don't yeah. like it and I find it you know what it social events I think I set up the completely wrong way by society. They should be completely different, but that, you know, that's a whole different conversation. And so, yeah, I want to hear that theory. Yeah. No, like I think that when you have, I think that events, if you have like a wedding or something, they should be set up as like speed dating or something where you like have to circle through, you have to circle and you have a limited amount of time. And then at the end, whoever you connected with most, you just go and dance with whatever. I don't know. I'm just saying that's an interesting concept. I, I just made that up. I have no idea if that would work, but I'm just saying, like, no, but it needs to be shake, throwing a bunch up, yeah. of people in a pool of other people with food and drinks and making them wear something they're uncomfortable in is not something that is meant that is made for an, an to me is not enjoyable. Am I just being bitter? I don't fucking know. But <laughs> no, I'm not such a huge fan of social events. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But when you're on the red carpet, yes, it is a bitchy environment and it is bitchy, but. You stand there and you have someone looking at you in the eye. Mm. And, like, you don't have that anywhere else in the world. Everyone's on their phone. Everyone's, like, at an event trying to, like, find the... But once someone is on camera and they're with you, first of all, they can't look like an asshole, so they can't look away. They're just staring at you. so true. So if you just train your brain to focus that into that, like, you have that eye contact and you have that conversation, you just roll with it. And Mm. it's actually a lot easier than you think. If you are someone who's super thirsty for fame and camera exposure and you think that way, yeah, you're going to be self-conscious in front of the camera. You're going to be self-conscious in front of, you know, I don't fucking know, Simon Cowell or whatever. But if you just think of the conversation that you're in, it just it, it just flows, I right. feel like. That's right. so fascinating. What's the yeah. coolest celebrity you've ever met? Well, I don't know because, you know what, the biggest the biggest celebrities don't always make for the best interviews. Interesting. Yeah. Um, because that. they're more media trained. Mm. So, I, I honestly, I don't know. I think some of my favorite interviews have been on my podcast because you can, like, dive in so deep and talk about everything that you want to talk about but on the red carpet someone that I was super impressed I I always get stuck on that question um because the thing is when you do red carpets the first week yeah you do get a little bit nervous that's a bigger person what am I going to say but after two weeks of doing it it's just another person that you're talking to so no one really just like I don't know if anything some of the 
Z-listers I had more fun with than some of the A-listers. That's interesting. Yeah. Mads, do you get stressed up? You know, I don't think so. I think I do with certain people. I mean, definitely, yeah. It would have to be someone. It would, you know, okay, this is who I would get starstruck for. Okay. Bill Hader. Okay, so Maddie is obsessed with Bill Hader. Who's that? Who's (laughs) that? Um... So he was on SNL for oh, a okay. long time. He's like he was the he was oh my god, why am I forgetting? I don't know. I didn't the character that he plays. See, oh, I don't have cable. The so club guy. Yeah, wait. Oh my god, this I is really embarrassing. Yeah, you, no. you're super fan over here. Wait, stop. Oh my god, I don't remember. That's oh my just god, the club guy. In no, the club guy. No, and it's like, I think he's, no, he is a guy. He's, he's like so a gay guy. Stefan, Stefan, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. The fact that I didn't know that. No, but no, I didn't grow up in America and I don't have right, cable. Right, oh, right. That's yeah. right. So he was on um, SNL for a while, but mm-hmm. where the love really stemmed was he was in um, Amy Schumer's movie Trainwreck. And okay, he was like, I've seen that movie. He's, he's the, the lead. Love oh, he's hot. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one else thinks so. Please. No, I think he's Th- cute. Thank you. Like, I am. To a degree where I'm like a little embarrassed. I Are you in a relationship? So if she obs- gets am, a yeah. hall pass, it's with Bill Hader. Yeah, so my boyfriend and I have like hall passes for, and like yeah. mine is Bill Hader. Mine's Patrick Dempsey. Okay. What's yours? Um, I don't know. We've said it's, what's it, Chris Pratt? Yeah, but like I, I don't. I don't think I would. Oh my god! Yeah, Patrick there must Dempsey. Be someone. I don't. I like when I was little. It was Chad Michael Murray. Like oh. he was like. My I big hate him. Crush. I think he's so unattractive. Oh my really? god! Because I was like well, a big One Tree Hill fan. Yeah, so was I. Oh my god! We have to talk about One Tree Hill. Yeah. Oh my god! So Chad Michael Murray. Nathan and One Tree Hill was my jam. Really? Oh, I wasn't a Nathan fan. That was like my last like like no 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 my last celebrity like crush crush like i'm obsessed with chris pat but it's not like a crush like i had on yeah it's not a crush john krasinski and chad michael murray are my two but john krasinski circa the office like him now and he's like bulked up i'm like no no not not that not that yeah yeah he's cute by the way he's He's cute as fuck yeah i don't like him jacked though no no he's better like nerdy cute yes nerdy cute nerdy Nerdy chic yeah yeah nerdy chic yeah but can i just say there's no shame in being starstruck like before i was a host I got starstruck. Now I just feel like I'm desensitized completely. Totally. But there's no shame in being starstruck. And like, if anything, you know, as someone who now, like, I'm nowhere near being a celebrity, but I I do have to live a bit of a public, I have to put myself out there, Mm -hmm. you know. I've had I've been in a few situations where people came up to me and they were like, "Oh, I've heard this or I've seen you there." Like, yeah. and people like it. Yeah. Like, obviously they don't want to be harassed, but if you're starstruck and you appreciate someone's work, they appreciate they appreciate it back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think if I had to t- like whenever I see someone out in LA, I never go up to them. It's like I, I yeah, that just seems a little silly to me. And I don't get starstruck in that way. I think it was if I would have to talk to them, like kind of what you did, but I guess yeah. you're yeah, desensitized well, also, or doing it over and over. Just I started working with celebrities from a very young age so when I was Mm. 13 I performed on stage with a very famous French singer and I realized then and I was very young and it was my first performance with someone famous you know we did the sound check together and when you work backstage with these people you realize yeah maybe I'm not famous maybe I don't have millions of people buying my album but we're doing the same work Mm -hmm. and when we were in the sound check together he wasn't like I'm the celeb and you're not it was just like we're doing the sound check yeah Yeah. but not even like we're humans like Gandhi it was Gandhi yeah, we're doing the same act. We're and doing we're the like, same thing. We both need to practice yeah. and do sound check. Exactly. Like, yeah. So I've been on that side too. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. once you've actually like 
practice the craft that they're doing too, you're just kind of like, okay, I, I, I've done it. Other people can do it. You're not the only one who can do it. Right. And you're successful. Good for you. I don't know. And like even last night, you know, I am a huge fan of Vanderpump Rules. I think it's the best reality TV show on I TV. it's really good. It's so good. Yeah. And now I, you know, I hung out with Sheena a couple of times and I see they're always around. But I'm not like, oh my gosh, that person in, is there, even though I really am a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know how mm-hmm. to explain. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, I have a question that's a little more challenging. Yeah. So. Challenge me. Yeah. Or I'm I eating so much. No, I'm so you're hungry. <laughs> you're so cute. Um, so I hear a lot of LA hate speech, which is which is totally fine, and I think it's probably because you're inundated in that community and in that You space. mean in my you mean on my show? Yeah. And just like just seems like sometimes, like you just, the people don't rub you the right way or something like that. What, because I'm so protective over LA because it's my favorite city and I love it I so hate LA. much. I hate Scout LA. hates it. I think I was born here in another lifetime. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Only because I think I've seen a different side than what is yeah. portrayed in the media and what's mm-hmm. portrayed on in films. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also not in the quote unquote industry, so I don't see that side either. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I don't know, for some, t- sometimes when people explain and talk about the stereotypes, mm-hmm. I just kind of want to like dive deeper into that. Like yeah. what have, why do you feel that way? And like, what have you seen? Cause it, it, it they definitely exist. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. It's I love that like, question because, yeah. you know, and it is a, sometimes people confuse, like when I say LA and Hollywood, mm-hmm. I do mean the entertainment industry. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The life that I live in LA I love the friends that I made in LA. I love, I love the lifestyle. I love the, the actual real friends that I made. Right. And I don't, I think it'd be very hard for me to live somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like I love my oat milk latte. (laughs) They don't fucking make oat milk in Europe. They don't have it. So what am I going to do? Like have whole milk? I'm going to throw up. Um, I don't think I'm going to find another groomers that can give my Pomeranian the little cut that she's getting because they don't fucking know in Europe. It's not it's not as good, you know, but when I say L.A., you know, I moved here for my work, essentially. I mean, at the time I thought it was for a boyfriend, but clearly I didn't follow him to Texas. So actually it was for my work. Um, the, it's the entertainment industry. So yeah, I've been in situations where I've been hit on at work. Um, people do expect you to be mother Teresa. They come to you. They always come to you for a favor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not my real friends, but I can have real friends everywhere. I mean the norm, Mm -hmm. the norm, like where I'm from, the average person doesn't come to you for a favor. They come to you for a coffee. They come to you because, you know, they, you, they, you want to go to a party you together. Wanna you want to do a yeah. dinner party, the job, talk about your jobs. Here they come to you for a favor. So that bugs me. There's this whole thing where, like, if you're a guy and you're powerful, obviously, like, you feel you, you feel like you're God's gift. Um, dating sucks in L.A. It actually really does suck, um, which you guys don't have to deal with. Do yeah, you know what I'm I mean? I'm so happy I don't have so, to So, like, deal with you love L.A., but if you were a single girl working in entertainment, living in L.A., your speech would probably very be that very is, bitter as well. That is very Do true. you know what I mean? So Absolutely. there are aspects of LA that are really hard and difficult, but when it comes to like the lifestyle and the actual friend, if I had no friends here, do you think I'd be here? No, yeah. I'm here alone. If I didn't have amazing friends, I would not be here. Right, right. Um, but I hate on LA with my really good friend. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like um, together, yeah. Yeah, and to be honest, I'm someone, I'm very like 
self-deprecating yeah. so because i'm self-deprecating i'm gonna hate on everything that's around me so if i lived in geneva and did my podcast i would still have rants about about, about geneva like, yeah about, about geneva, about geneva. <laughs> because that's what i do like there's right. like there's no fun in just having a podcast for me because i'm a critique i'm an I, i'm an entertainment critique so if I had a podcast where I was like, I love this, I love that, I love this, and I love that, I wouldn't be myself and I would be boring. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So there's an aspect of I like to critique. And there's always something wrong that you can find when you critique. Absolutely. But you, you have to admit, as a single girl in LA, also I try to do a job that is very much like a guy's job. Mm. You know, when I producing. Producers are mostly guys. Um, I'm like a, an English girl in LA, so I speak differently. I'm a little blonde girl, but you know, I walk into a store and people are like, are you an actress? Fuck no, I'm not an actress. I don't want to fucking act. Yeah. I went into a meeting with an agent for hosting and he was like, are you looking to be an actor? And I was like, bitch, have you heard me? I'm trying to host, not act. They're wow. two different careers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the entertainment industry is very can be very irritating sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I imagine. And I think... And I live in the center in West Hollywood. Yeah. If I lived, you know, in Marina Del Rey, probably I would have a completely different outlook. Mm, yeah. But I'm at the center of it. Yeah. Yeah. I And I think that is the, the difference. I think it's because I'm not immersed in it and I'm not associated with people in those career paths and it's I think it gives you such a tough skin and I'm so happy that you mentioned like I haven't changed yeah. for this town so, and being able to, to like the guys that, that I meet are either aspiring someones sure, frustrated sure. and bitter or someones that are douchebags like yeah. do we know anybody wouldn't that make you feel I know a wait bitter? we need to find we a to, we need to we talk to our Jews. mother we're gonna talk to our mom she's a great matchmaker you know, I thought you meant you know anybody in LA that you think is that way. Oh, you're trying to set me I'm up. I'm trying to set you yeah, up, girl. I love them. Do we know any douchebags in LA? Can I just tell you something? I love a San Diego moment. Oh, Ooh. thank you very much. No, no, no. Every... Okay, so I will say that. Except for one, most guys that I have fancied in LA have been from San Diego. That's really? interesting. Do we you know should. <laughs> we won't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll talk about, about it after. after. Yeah, yeah. But... but uh, there's been other people that I fancied. San Diego. San Diego. I the like best. the style. I like the tattoos. I like the surfer oh, vibe. I'm, okay. This is my my jam. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna find you someone. We need to find a Jewish surfer boy. Yeah, we can find. Does one. Does it exist? Yeah, her husband. Well, he doesn't surf. He bodyboards. But same, so good. Just get in the water. Just get in the water. <laughs> yeah, the criteria. The Push him in the swimming pool. Well, there we go. <laughs> surfer boy. There we go. Surfer boy. <laughs> Let's see if you can swim. <laughs> 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 oh my god, I love it. You um, guys are so well prepared. I don't have that shit for my podcast. We're just gonna be chatting. Oh, that's, oh, that's totally that's fine. Great. Like that's every episode. I never. I just like chat. That's great. I mean, it's stupid. No, it's, it's dumb. Like, Where's the focus? Nowhere. <laughs> Oh my god, you are so funny. <laughs> should do like improv. You should do comedy. Oh, you are comedy. So we were just talking but about it. We're gonna get her on some comedy podcast. Yeah, the only need, reason yeah. why she needs to go on Heather McMahon's podcast, oh. right? The only reason I mention it, I don't think I'm funny. No, you're hilarious. No, and people tell me like you should do stand up comedy. I don't think I can do stand up comedy at all. I, I'm not a comedian. I'm a journalist, and I'm very serious. <laughs> <laughs> 
is. It's just like you're just so silly and cute and just like bubbly, but then also cynical. And like, Thank you, but I'm a serious <laughs> journalist, though. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I try to be at least. I don't know. <laughs> I love you. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, yeah. So maybe comedy is the way to go. I don't. I don't know anymore. We're gonna. We're gonna we're try that, Ali. We're gonna. We're gonna. And we're gonna find works. me a surfer boy from San Diego. Thank Perfect. you. Yeah. I'm gonna get my husband on it. Hook me up, Scout. You've already done everything. You're doing my. You're working <laughs> with me. You've done my artwork. My new artwork. Oh, oh my I god. love the new artwork. How good is it? It was so shit before. Oh my god, it's so good now. It's so good now. I have the. So I've said cute. it on this podcast before i have the best graphic designer in the game so if anyone needs a graphic designer hit me up because this guy is fantastic no complete it took him like only like i think three back and forth or yeah, something to great. just he's get it right like yeah, everyone has told me since i've got can i just say i don't know if it's because of the artwork or not but every time i put a podcast episode out more downloads even if i don't have a guest now that's amazing yeah i think because the artwork is like it's more catches yeah, your yeah, eye yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes oh me so God. happy yeah Okay, love, tell everyone where they can find you. Um, so you can find me nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come find me. You'll hate me. No, I'm joking. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is Deanna Espier, which is spelled D-I-A-N-A-E-S-P-I-R. And my podcast, which is the You Can't Say With Me podcast. You will also find an episode with myself and the OK Sis girls. We're going to talk. We're going to do a girls chat. So come listen to that episode. Yay. And you can find us at OKSIS Podcast. Thanks, sisters. Thanks. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.